1: All right, what is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for being a part of the show. Uh, We're back, Laker fans. We are, uh, I think, officially back here. Lakers basketball, we had um, media day, obviously, this morning. Travis and I were out there, got a chance to talk to uh, most of the players, got a chance to listen to all the interviews. And uh, got a lot of thoughts on uh, what went down today and moving forward. A week from today, Lakers will start preseason basketball against the Sacramento Kings, and before you know it, we're going to be in October and Lakers basketball will be officially back. Um, got a lot of things that I want to hit on uh, from from earlier today and just some thoughts on some different quotes here over the last couple of days or so. So, just quick breakdown. Here's what we're going to do tonight. Um, I want to compare last year's media day versus this year's, and it is a complete difference. Expectations are completely different. Um, Could that bode well for the Lakers? Could it not? AD, I thought, had some interesting comments about the Lakers being underdogs coming into the season. The open competition in the backcourt. I can tell you right now, I have absolutely no idea who's going to be starting in that backcourt, and that includes Russell Westbrook. And then the most interesting thing that I think I walked away with today— um, Rob Polanka uh, really just looking at the future of the Lakers and talking about his commitment to LeBron James and that those two future first-round picks, everything's in play if they can improve their roster. But uh, talking about how important those uh, picks are because once you make them, you obviously don't get them back. And those are very, very critical to whether the Lakers will potentially compete again in LeBron's window for a championship or if they won't. Uh, Yovan Buha, the athletic, was there as well. He'll join me at 7.30. And, uh, of course, if you're uh, out driving around or you're listening on the ESPN LA app, you want to talk Lakers basketball, feel free to hit me up, 877-710-ESPN, or hit me on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Last year, there was um, a pretty crazy vibe at Media Day. There were a lot of different times. Travis and I would look at each other like, man, that's kind of crazy. Look, I ate the white is back. Wow, hey, look, there's Russ, future Hall of Famer. Damn, Russell Westbrook's a Los Angeles Laker. Hey, Rondo, a key piece of the Lakers winning that championship in 2020. Carmelo Anthony is a Los Angeles Laker. Go down the list. Trevor Ariza, obviously Kendrick Nunn had come. Um, Kent Bazemore, I'm just naming off, you know, role players, guys that have been in the league for a long time, and then, of course, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And there was this – I remember saying this – a lot during the season getting a chance look doing the pre and the post game show talk a lot of Lakers basketball watch a lot of Lakers basketball I remember saying there was a vibe that the Lakers had it was we just have to show up and winning's just going to come and by the way a lot of those players were accustomed to that during their career and that's not that's not me downplaying how hard they work in the background um the you know amount of time that they spend that's not me downplaying that but it's just, hey, look at all these players that have had success in their career. We just got to show up, and it's going to work. On paper, it looked like uh, it looked like an all-star team, but as the jokes were out last year, it looked like an all-star team from seven, eight, nine years ago or so. But the Lakers still had won a championship at that time just a year ago, or maybe a little bit year and some change, and um, – And you had a lot of those main pieces with LeBron and Anthony Davis coming back. It obviously didn't work out as planned. This year, the vibe. It's completely different. And when I say it's completely different, I want to, as best as I can, describe it. First off, there are not those same big-time names, Hall of Famers that were there a year ago. LeBron's still there, of course. Anthony Davis is still there, of course. And Russ is still there. But it's now um it's Lonnie Walker and it's Juan Toscano Anderson and it's Damian Jones and it's Thomas Bryant and it's Austin Reeves it's a completely different roster some guys coming back other guys brand new to the Lakers so you don't have as many of those vets that you had last season that had just amazing careers you are now looking at guys that are trying to make a name for themselves in the league, trying to stay in the league, whatever the case is. But the the narrative has completely changed. And oh, by the way, a lot younger players, which I think is obviously a good thing for the Lakers. Um, the one exception to that is Pat Beverly coming in that trade. The vibe, when I say is different, the best way that I could describe it is You know, at some point, it's kind of a weird vibe. It's you know, you still see Russ around, and if you'd have told me last year, by the time the Lakers were doing their exit interviews, that Russ is still around, still on the Lakers, I'm like, you're crazy. And then the other part of it that makes it so different is the expectations are different. Lakers last year, um, Vegas had them second, second best odds to win an NBA championship. This year. I don't know where the Lakers are. 8th or ninth. I think they're over-under is 46 games. I thought I uh, read that earlier today, so it's ar- around that mark. And then, you know, start stacking everything else on there. Um, the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs last year. Didn't even make the playoffs. You know how tough it is to not make the playoffs in the NBA? Um, they didn't make the playing tournament. That's really what I should be saying. Making the playoffs, got to be top 8. Obviously, making the playing tournament, you have to, you have to be top 10 and they didn't even make the playing tournament. We, we, we know the reasons why, and I could sit here and list out all the excuses, but the reality is in the NBA, in sports, their occupation, you either succeeded or you didn't. And is, are injuries a part of the game? They certainly are, but it wasn't just injuries. Lakers had much bigger issues than just injuries. Um, that expectation this year, I don't really know how to describe. I was telling Travis this morning that if you had to pick between the two, if I told you that the Lakers' greater likelihood – they're going to end up ten games over five hundred or ten games below five hundred. You can't really say that with too many teams. The fact that that's an actual conversation, which by the way, um, it is an actual conversation, and there are factors that go into it. But if the Lakers ended up ten games over five hundred by the time the season is over, I would say, okay, hey, look, Anthony Davis probably put in sixty-five games. Um, they, the 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 defense with Darvin Ham. There is uh, more cohesiveness, if you want to call it. Patrick Beverly must have been able to help. LeBron James coming into his 20th season is still LBJ. Russ has found a role with the Lakers. That's me assuming that he's still on the team. But if I had told you Lakers are going to be 10 games below five hundred, I can make a case for that one as well. So certainly odd, definitely different as far as how um, you know we compare this year's media day to last year's, and that's just kind of the reality of it. Um, Anthony Davis, I thought he had uh, a couple interesting quotes. First off, seeing AD there, um, you know, it, it, we all know he is basically the season. If Anthony Davis comes out and is the AD that we saw a couple years ago, Lakers gonna be in the mix. And I'm not when I say they're gonna be in the mix, I'm not telling you that they're gonna be a top three seed and they're punching a ticket to the Western Conference Finals. But they'll be in the mix. 65, 70 games, something along those lines. If he plays, if he's there and available for the Lakers on that consistent of a basis, LeBron's got to be there too. Then that obviously changes everything. But I, I, a couple things from AD that I want to I want to point out. Um, Darvin Ham came by our uh, table earlier. We're having a conversation with him, and the conversation with AD came up. And I think everybody you know understands how important he is to this franchise, to the organization, and that the Lakers go as he goes. And Darvin Ham reiterated that. So no big surprise or shock there. I thought it was interesting. He told Dave McMenamin this. He said, we're treating this season like we have a chip on our shoulder. We're the underdogs. Obviously, the world is looking to see what we do, but they're not talking about us, and that's fine. You know we'd rather be under the radar. So obviously, the Lakers are not exactly a team. If they are trying to be under the radar – the media is not going to help them because every single day, whether it's on SportsCenter or First Take or any of our local shows that we're doing here or PTI or any of the other networks, the Lakers come up in a conversation whether they did good or whether they did bad. So the underdog story, um, maybe maybe you can make a case that the less attention that the Lakers have, maybe that helps. Right now, the, if you're really paying attention to the NBA, people are talking about the Golden State Warriors as they should. Denver Nuggets are going to be a part of the conversation because Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. are coming back. The Clippers are an interesting conversation. Um, you know, Certainly, if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are there, they got a lot of other good pieces. They should be a part of the mix. Go down the list. There's Dallas Mavericks with Luka. Can they take another step forward after getting as far as they did last year the phoenix freaking Suns won 60 plus games and then we all know how they lost to the mavs in game seven there are a lot of good teams in the western conference and there are there are other teams in the west that have much more expectations than the lakers right now so can the lakers surprise some teams be under the radar? Uh, AD seems to think that underdog role is what the Lakers are going to take, but it's going to be really difficult for this team to be underdogs because everyone will be paying attention to them as much as they did um, last year as well. Um, Another thing that I want to get into here. One of my favorite things coming out of today's media day. Darvin Am continues to reiterate that it is basically an open competition when it comes to that backcourt. Th- let me actually take this a step further. Other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it sounds like no one is guaranteed anything. And it's such a relief to, it's such a breath of fresh air to, to hear that because a lot of times what happens in sports, and we'll see what happens once the season starts. We haven't, haven't even played a preseason game yet. A lot of times in sports, talent, name, contracts, those... Might make the decision for the coach, or might make the decision that somebody's getting some heat from upstairs. Like, hey, we're paying this guy X amount of dollars. Put him in the damn lineup. I don't think Darvin Ham's going to have that issue this year. I think it is 100% an open competition in that backcourt. And I can't sit here and tell you right now, um, you know, what's in the best interest for the Lakers. It's got to be this guy and that guy, whatever that combi- uh, that combination is. But I take Darvin Ham by his word. I I, I take his message to everyone in the media, and I'm sure that's the same message that's going on behind closed doors and inside that locker room, inside that UCLA Lakers um, health training facility. I'm sure that that message is you want to play and you want to get minutes. you got to compete. And uh, there is no guarantee that Russell Westbrook is going to be a starter for this upcoming season. There is no guarantee that uh, Russ will be closing out games. And this isn't me. Trust me, I, I got, we got. we're going to talk about Russ. we got some time to do that, and we will, because that's obviously a, a big part of uh, media day as well. But that open competition um, I, I think is so critical. Russ, by the way, said this. Whatever I'm told, I'm told. I'm just happy and blessed to be able to play the game I love. And he's talking about basically earning a spot, also got into – um, how his relationship, his communication has been great since day one with Darvin Hamm. Um, I, I think this is the thing that I take away most. What I take away most is you're going to have to earn your spot, and it doesn't matter what your name is, and it doesn't matter how much money you're making. It, 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 all that stuff doesn't matter. Darvin Ham doesn't have to worry about that, that the same way that Frank Vogel, I think, had to worry about that last year. Darvin Ham understands this is a clean slate for him and that a guy like Russ is on the final year of his contract and let the competition begin. Uh, There are four guys that could be a part of that backcourt. Kendrick Nunn, who we got a chance to connect with, and it sounds like he's healthy, and I can't tell you how much. I just want to see that dude play. Forget the Lakers for a quick second. He had to sit out an entire year. I hope he's healthy and he can play. Kendrick Nunn, Dennis Schroeder, who is not there actually today. I think he's still figuring out some. He had some visa issues getting back, um, was uh, playing in in, in the Euro League. Um, or the Euro Cup, and so he's going to eventually work his way back. Of course, Patrick Beverly, and then you got Russell Westbrook, and then however they see Austin Reeves, what position he's going to be. There is real competition coming into this training camp, and I think that's a fantastic thing if you're a Laker fan out there Uh, I don't think the last thing you want is somebody just handed a position and didn't earn it. And I got a feeling that that's going to be a competition that will continue from starting today or they were down in San Diego doing some stuff. And that's going to continue all the way till we get to the uh, first game of the season. Okay, a couple other things I want to do when we come back. Um, Number one, some interesting quotes. Uh, I thought Russ had with Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday. And then the most interesting quote of the day came from Rob Polenka. I'll tell you guys what I mean by that uh, when we come back. So we'll do all that coming up next. Jovan Buha coming up at 7.30. Laker fans, I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so um, I want to read a quote here. There's a quote yesterday that Russ had with Adrian Wojnarowski. First off, let me say, I, I thought it was smart for Russ to have something out there before walking into media day today. There's no sugarcoating it. I, I mean, the, the conversation... So much of the conversation in the offseason was about Russ, what's going to happen with Russ, are the Lakers going to deal him, are they going to give up X amount of picks, go down the list. And then, you know, coming into media day today, uh, there's an incredible amount of interest. I mean, just look, use myself as an example. Every time I saw Russ today, it's like, dang, I wonder what's going to happen there. And everybody probably has that same feeling. And I'm sure Russ does as well. So Russ has a quote yesterday with Woj. I'm going to read off one of them because I want to react to it. And and there was a lot more that, that Russ said throughout the day as well. He said, I'm all in on whatever it takes for this team to win. Goes on to say, I need to just do my job whether I'm wanted or not. Doesn't really matter. I think the most important thing is that I show up for work and I do the job like I've always done it. Be professional and go out, play my ass off and compete. This is Russ telling Woj. Um, Woj uh, essentially put out there as well as part of his tweet. There are no assurances that Russell Westbrook will be a starter for these Los Angeles Lakers, nor assurances that he'll remain this season. Nevertheless, he promises this. I'm all in on whatever it takes for this team to win. Okay, read that quote a little bit earlier. Um, I I find myself kind of struggling on this one. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. I, I want to see... First off, I want to see Russ. Uh, it'd be great for him to have a bounce-back season. It'd be an awesome story. And it'd be great for Russ to just kind of re-identify himself in the league and on the Los Angeles Lakers. It'd be great for Russ to have a role. And it'd be great for Russ to, um, to thrive in that role and to do exactly what Darvin Ham's looking for. And, and maybe, just maybe, that were a month into the season and people are turning their heads a little bit and saying, you know, hey, Russ looks a, looks a lot smoother this year. He looks a lot better this year. It looks like he fits a lot better. It looks like he does understand his role. And what, whether that means coming off the bench and being the sixth man, whatever that role is. However, even as I say it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound like that's realistic. Someone's trying to be optimistic, but is it realistic? And I, I kind of go back and forth on this one. I, I've had, and you know, if you guys have listened to Lakers talk or any of my coverage on the Lakers, really, I, I spent the last X amount of months talking about guys. Isn't it? Isn't it clear? This is no question about it. In the best interest of the Lakers and Russ to move on, and you know, it just didn't work. Hey, let let's all let's all eventually move on. If that's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I would have told you that by the time training camp or by the time media day last year started to the last day of the exit interview, um, I would have told you by the exit interview, Russ is not going to be here. It's impossible. Did you hear some of his quotes in that exit interview? Um, you know, it just didn't fit. It didn't work out. It happens in sports. Both sides are going to move on. LeBron's going into his 20th season. The Lakers will be incredibly aggressive as they have been since LeBron James has been here to, to stay all in and try to compete for another NBA championship. And then here we sit today and Russ is still with the team, still with the Lakers. Um, his quote sounds good. You know, I could take a few quotes that he had today. Uh, Some of them sound good. Um, but there's also still, you know, Russ, where he's still combative with some of the questions and um, maybe just doesn't feel comfortable, you know, being here in Los Angeles, whatever the case is. I hope that Darvin Ham can get the best of him. Am I hopeful that that's going to happen? Probably not. Um, the most interesting quote that I thought came today was from Rob Palenka. So there, there's talks, obviously, the Lakers spent so much time Uh, in the offseason, all the trade talk that was out there. I'm going to read off um, a quote here from from Rob Palenka. He says, One thing that needs to be made clear. There was a lot of speculation. Will the Lakers trade their picks? Will they not trade their picks? Let me be abundantly clear. We have one of the great players in LeBron James to ever play the game on our team. He committed to us with a long-term contract, a three-year contract. So, of course, we will do everything we can, picks included, to make deals that give us a chance to help LeBron get to the end. He committed to our organization. That's got to be a bilateral commitment, and it's there. Um, you know, Polenko was asked specifically about uh, about Russ, and his response was any really any way we can to improve our team, and then he started going into the LeBron James portion. Here's LeBron who committed to our team. It's our job to do everything we can to obviously reciprocate that and – Rob Palenka is representing the Los Angeles Lakers, a franchise that only cares about winning NBA championships. So that's the, that's the, the honest truth there. The reason why I kind of put those two together, um, a lot has been made about those picks. A lot has been made about um, what it would cost to trade Russ, and it sounds like, at least in the summer, it was going to cost two draft picks plus Russ, and then you got to take on other contracts. And those other contracts that come into play, uh, will some of them leak into next year, and if they will, do the Lakers no, they want to keep that cap space open? Maybe they're not interested in that. Lakers ended up not making a move. I actually, I'm not upset at the Lakers for not making a move if Rob Palenka thought, we can make this move. I could trade Russ. I could trade the, my 2027 and my 2029. I could do all that, end up with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. But if he does not feel that Miles Turner and Buddy Heald is good enough to put the Lakers in a true hey, we're actually competing here again. We're, we're back where we have at least a shot again to the Western Conference Finals, going up against the elite in the West, and then taking on, if you get fortunate enough, to get into the NBA Finals and, and have another shot at NBA Championship. He was pretty adamant about saying that those two picks are really everything right now. That if you just make a deal to make a deal, and you're not out there, and you don't believe now you're competing in the Western Conference that's it. Once those picks are gone, they're gone. And the Lakers obviously gave up already so much draft compensation to go get Anthony Davis a few years ago, and they cashed in on an NBA championship. And then here they are sitting today. If they're going to go give up 2027 and 2029, which by the way, think about the you know trajectory of where the Lakers are right now. LeBron's going to be here for a couple more years. Who knows what happens with Anthony Davis down the road? There's no guarantee that the Lakers are going to be competing in 2027 and 2029, and those picks can be incredibly valuable for a team that takes them over down the road. So I'll say this on, you know, Rob Polenka, first off, I appreciate the honesty. I thought he was incredibly honest about you know, without getting into any details, but maybe he just doesn't think Bakdanovich or Miles Turner or Buddy Heald or some of these other players that were being offered out there. If you guys remember at the start of free agency, Kyrie thought was going to be available. And I'm sure that he thought Kyrie was worth that that Kyrie is good enough and big enough. It didn't happen. KD ended up staying in Brooklyn, but he was good enough. There was enough potential there that you bring Kyrie to the Lakers. Kyrie, LeBron, and Anthony Davis, go take your chances at going to win an NBA championship. But role players that he does just does not feel would be difference makers to the level that the Lakers or the goals that they have I respect that he said, well, let me pump the brakes here for a second. If I don't think I have a true legitimate chance to go in an NBA championship, I'm going to wait. So what does that mean? Um, That means the Lakers will uh, start training camp, obviously, with Russ. It means there's a good chance they'll start the regular season with Russ. But that doesn't mean that by the time you get to December or January or closer to that NBA trade deadline that Russ will still be on the Lakers. Um, But it it, it sounds like for Rob Palenka. Anything they could do to help in this LeBron James window, they will do. Braun committed to the Lakers. He's committed to commit um, or to compete for NBA championships. And if that costs that 2027 pick and that 2029 pick and Russ to make contracts work, then he's down to do it. But it has to make sense. And it doesn't sound like anything in the summer made sense. So those were a few of the main, main things that I walked away with. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I think that quote. Um, I think that quote is incredibly interesting because I think it tells a lot of the story. Um, The the long-term portion of this with Russ, final year of his contract, we know he's going to make the $47 million. I hope that there is a way that if Russ is on this Lakers roster that he finds his role and that Darvin Ham helps him find that role. But um, I, I have no idea how it's going to play out. I know last year I saw enough games. I always hear the, well, they didn't play enough games together. I think we saw enough games to at least make the conclusion that uh, it's going to be really, really difficult to compete with those three players together. you got to have more compliment, players that complement LeBron and Anthony Davis better, and I don't think we had that. Yovan uh, Buha coming up next. Um, also, a little bit later in the show, um, we'll talk about uh, just some of the availability – Uh, between Anthony Davis and LeBron James, what some of those goals look like, Um, the new culture that Darvin Ham is obviously trying to preach, Art Patrick Beverly is trying to preach, and then some other NBA stories I want to get into as well. Stay right here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN.
0: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: All right, so we are back. Um, Lakers media day was uh, earlier this morning, leaked into the afternoon. So the Los Angeles Lakers will uh, start their training camp. We're a week away from preseason starting, which is kind of crazy. Next week, I'll get a chance to make a trip down to Vegas as well. Lakers have two preseason games out there. Um, I want to welcome in Yovan Buha of The Athletic, covers the Lakers for The Athletic. Always nice enough to uh, make some time here for Lakers Talk. Uh, Yovan, I appreciate you joining the show. Um, I want to start off with this. I think there's a number of different angles that we could start this conversation, just Curious from your perspective, what what stood out to you today? What 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 was um, you know one of the things that uh, really just kind of stood out from some of the other conversations and topics?
2: Yeah, well, uh, I think the the thing that that stood out to me was uh, I think the the headlining thing, which was just the awkwardness of the situation, really for both sides, uh, but between Russell Westbrook and the Lakers and. Uh, you know, you, you have Russ being asked, you know, D- do you think the Lakers want you here? Um, you know, Do you, do you think you know, you're buying into them? Or are they buying into you? And him saying, well, you know, it doesn't really matter whether they buy into me or not. And, uh, you know, Rob Palenka being asked about, uh, you know, can you say definitively that Russ, you know, you're talking about him being a member of the team and, you know, how great he's been, but can you say he's going to start and finish the season as a Laker? And then Rob gets into – uh, the team always looking to upgrade, and uh, you know them being willing to attach a couple picks potentially, depending on the deal. And as we know, you know pretty much any deal in which they'd be attaching a couple picks would likely have Russell Westbrook being traded. So I do think you know that that was the thing everyone kind of was talking about coming in is is you know how's it going to go? I think both sides handled it you know professionally and, and said the right things for the most part. I just think it. it felt like neither party was really enthused with, with the, the partnership continuing. And the Lakers were kind of like, well, we haven't really found a trade for him, so we're going to make it work the best we can. And Russ was like, you know, I'm still here, so I'm going to show up and do my job. Um, so I, I think kind of just the w- – with all the, the outside noise and chatter all, all summer, you know, it, this was a big moment because it, it was really the first time that, you know, Russ hasn't spoken with the media since April. It's been almost six months. A lot has happened since then. You know, and splitting with his agent, all the trade rumors, Lakers bringing in a bunch of point guards. So like, a lot has transpired since then. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of anticipation and excitement for for kind of the just the direction of Media Day. Uh, but but for me, it, it was first and foremost that. Um, and besides that though, I think the, the Lakers. I mean, this is just such a, a different roster than last year. It's a lot of younger guys. A lot of guys still trying to establish themselves within the NBA, and I think that approach ultimately is, is going to pay dividends for them uh, down the road. I, I think they have a, a better, deeper roster than last season. Uh, but but first and foremost, it, it definitely was Russell Westbrook and just sort of that being like the elephant in, in the room and, and it just kind of that awkwardness. But aside from that, I, I thought um, – I, I was impressed just w- with some of the answers and perspective uh, for, from some of the, the supporting cast.
1: So I'm with you, by the way, and I think that was – I don't know if we were looking for and if fans were looking for, if media was looking for, hey, things are going to get cleared up by media day. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it just, you know, sparks more conversation. It sparks more, okay, well, you know, if if Rob does get the deal that he does like, it sounds like those two picks and Russ are out the door if he got some type yeah. of deal that he felt obviously uh, puts the Lakers back in um, in competition. Um Is this something that – and listen, I know there's no way for us to have the answer to this, but more just your opinion. Do you think by the time we're at the new year and by the time you're getting to January and by the time we're in February, are we still having this conversation? Do you think the Lakers are – desperate is not the right word because I think Palenka – really kind of showed his cards in the sense of, look, if it doesn't make sense, we're just not going to do it, and, and left it at that. And I think his actions have backed that up. They didn't do a deal with the Pacers. They didn't do a deal with the Utah Jazz. Um, but do you think this is something that is dragged on for three months, four months? And uh, are we still having this conversation, you think, by the time we're getting closer to the trade deadline?
2: I don't think so, just because I thought that you know, for for as awkward as it was at, at times uh, the Lakers were pretty transparent and, you know, Darwin Ham was asked, is Russell Westbrook a definitive starter? And he, he kind of hedged it, but really, you know, reading between the lines, it was, you know, w- we're a ways away from, uh, you know, making a decision here and we we've brought in Pat, we brought in Dennis. There's a lot of competition now, and it's really going to come down to who performs the best in training camp and who plays the best defense. And that was kind of a consistent theme. Um, you know, I, I be, before, you know, earlier today, what was transcribing uh, the, the interviews and, and reading through kind of, you know, the, the comments and, and looking for themes for a story I'm writing for the athletic. And like, that was kind of, you know, something that, that Rob and Darvin both mentioned multiple times was, was basically if Russ doesn't play defense, he's not going to play, you know, for, forget, starting or coming off the bench like you know he, he needs to earn not only his starting spot but his spot in the rotation because we did bring in more competition and we did bring in guys who complement lebron and ad better so i i thought that was interesting so i do think that um you know moving forward it, it's either going to be russell westbrook earns you know outperforms patrick beverly outperforms kendrick nunn outperforms dennis once once he's able to Get into LA and, and, and join them in training camp, uh, and he earns that start, starting spot. Or if we see the same kind of rust that we saw last year, and, and someone that's not giving consistent effort defensively and is kind of inconsistent and is just you know not playing at the level that he's accustomed to, uh, you know I think that is where you, you see you know maybe he's coming off the bench, maybe he's playing you know eighteen twenty minutes, maybe he ends up not playing at all. Like I you know I, I think there there are more ways for it to play out. It, it, you know, in that kind of scenario, whereas you know, before, I, I think even as recently as a couple of months ago, Lakers were saying, "Hey, like he's our clear starter. It's a big three. It's, it's him, LeBron, and AD." Like their tone has clearly changed. So I, I think, be it finding another trade for him at some point, and, and you know, potentially including those two picks, or him kind of playing his way out of the starting lineup and, and potentially even out of the rotation. Like I, I think the Lakers now have more options where. Uh, I, I think it's going to resolve itself one way or the other, and it's not going to be something we're still talking. Like if Russell Westbrook is playing poorly, you know, by, by December, I, I think he's either you know not going to be on the roster or, or not going to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think this is something that's going to linger from that perspective. Now, could he still be a Laker and could they still be trying to trade him come January, February? Yes, but I, I do think one way or the other, the Lakers made it clear this is going to be a meritocracy and. Whoever performs the best in training camp and in in the preseason, that is who's going to play. That is who's going to start. Uh, And, you know, whether that's Russ, whether that's Pat, whether that's Dennis, whoever it is. Uh, So I think the Lakers are going to, I think, again, resolve this, you know, be it in the next couple weeks, next couple months. Uh, But but I do expect it sooner than later.
1: Jovan Buha of The Athletic covers the Lakers for The Athletic, taking some time to join me on uh, Lakers talk here. Um, Jovan, it's funny because... You know, the Anthony Davis piece, as much as as much time and energy that we spend on Russ, the reality is, and I think everybody emphasized that today, as did Darvin Hamm. We had a chance to talk to him. The reality is the franchise really goes as A.D. goes. And if Anthony Davis is, um, you know, if he's able to play 65, 70 games, then I think that we will have a completely different season than we did a year ago. And if he's not, and he's playing less than half of the games, then they're probably back where they're competing for a playing tournament. And and we'll see how things kind of shape up. Um, Anthony Davis said that that they're the underdogs. Um, that they're not. A lot of people aren't talking about them, and that's fine. You know, we'd rather be under the radar. What what do you what do you take of that quote? I I I was mentioning a little bit earlier that it's impossible for the Lakers to be under the radar. I know what he's trying to say, in the sense that there's other teams people are talking about right now, specifically in the Western Conference, and Lakers' name doesn't come up till a lot further down that list. Um, mm-hmm. Can it be? Can it be an advantage for the Lakers that last year they were walking into the season and everybody was basically crowning them in Brooklyn to be in the finals, where this year they're not?
2: I think so. I think that you know, for for me. Any you know you can always spin something optimistically or, or pessimistically, and for the Lakers, at the end of the day, if Anthony Davis and LeBron James are both healthy, we have seen enough of a track record over the past few years that even if they don't have as deep of a supporting cast as some of these other teams in the West, having those two guys of, of that caliber is more than enough you know I, I still go back to that 2021 playoff series with Phoenix and just looking at the two rosters, like, uh, you know, if, if we're on the, 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 blacktop and we're drafting guys of course, LeBron and, and AD go first. But after that, you can make a case like the next five, six, seven players would, would have been off that Phoenix team, you know, uh, Booker and, and CP three and DeAndre and etc. And still, despite that, the Lakers were up two one in the series and, you know, had a lead in game four before AD went down. So I still think that, you know, even though that team wasn't as deep as the championship team, and I think this team obviously isn't as deep as either of those two teams, but but with that said, just having LeBron and AD and having two guys who are in that top 10, top 12, like, that is really hard to contend with. The, there are many, you know, games that the Lakers are going to play this season in which they have the two best players on the floor in starting groups and the closing groups, like that's a major advantage. So I think the key really is finding the, the supporting pieces that optimize those two guys. And, and as we've seen, it's it's like three and D types of guys, you know, I, I think Patrick Beverly, Austin Reeves, uh, maybe JPA, Troy Brown, like these are the types of guys that I think are going to fit really well uh, around LeBron and AD, but those two have to stay healthy. And, and as, as you were saying, like, the Lakers need 65, 70 games. I thought it was interesting hearing them talking about managing their minutes in October and November and December. And like, you know, are we going to see maybe some load management where one or both rests on, on some back-to-backs? And um, because for the Lakers, like, uh, again, if, you know, we've seen the last two years, yep. well, when those two guys go down, the season goes down with them. And if they can, even at the expense of potentially being a lower seed and, and maybe losing some games you should win, if you can find a way to keep those guys healthy into you know March and April, that is where I think this team can sneak up on people and be a 5 or 6 or 7 or 8 seed that no one really wants to face in round one just because it's going to be a dogfight because you're going to have to face LeBron and AD. and In a seven-game series, I think that's where you see it shift more towards who has the best player, who has the advantages. And I, I think that's where the, the Lakers can make some noise. So for, for me, you know, I, I think the biggest thing, the wrestling is, is big just because of his contract and, and because of how much of a distraction it's been. But, but really it comes down to the health of LeBron and AD and really more AD because we, we know his track record of, of you know, basically getting injured um, you know, every season for, for some amount of time. So I think if AD can, can stay healthy, that is a huge boost for the Lakers, and that really could make them, I think, a dark horse to exceed expectations in the postseason.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I was I was doing this a little bit earlier today, um, doing our show in the morning, and I'm telling Travis Rogers, I'm like, all right, if you had to pick, because there aren't too many teams that I think you can have this conversation about, the Lakers, are they more likely to be – 10 games over 500 or 10 games below 500, and you have to just pick one. And whatever happens, happens. It's kind of it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, I think you have a good idea of what the Memphises of the world are going to be or Golden State's going to be. And the Lakers are, no question about it, a wild card. Of course, so much of this comes down to the health of AD and even Bron, you know, going into his 20th year in the NBA. Of course, every single year, um, it, it's, it's so critical and so crucial to see that they take advantage of these opportunities. Um, One one of the off-season acquisitions, Lakers went out and made a trade for Patrick Beverly. I'm curious, you know, just watching the NBA, being somebody that loves a game of basketball like we both do, how much can he actually change a culture? How much can he come into the Lakers and a lot of the times last season we'd all have this conversation I remember I mentioned this to him today is we'd walk away from a lot of games and it's like man they just don't have a dog they don't have a guy that's ready to do all the dirty work it's got the experience um, has been in the league for a long time and that's Pat Beverly's role now with the Lakers it really has been his role his entire career in the NBA how much can one guy like Pat Bev change that that stigma that the Lakers had last year?
2: I think a lot. And and he had a a quote uh, where he was asked, like, you know, basically what was your perception about this Lakers team last season? And has that changed since you arrived? And he basically said, I didn't know if they had the will factor. I didn't know if they would scrape their knees diving on the ground for loose balls. I, I didn't know if they would take charges and try to block shots and get steals and just do the little things that help you win games. And, you know, he said it after the San Diego mini camp that they just had a couple of days ago and being around the team, he sees that they really do care and that everyone has that chip on their shoulder. But from the outside looking in, I, I don't blame him because, you know, we, we had a front row seat to that last year. And, um, you know, I think the guys that, that did do those things, the, the Austin Reeves and bleak monks and Stanley Johnson's like one, those guys were fighting for their NBA lives. And two, those are the younger guys and you know, those guys while sure it might get the crowd into the game or it might, you know, swing some momentum, like those guys aren't running the locker room. Those Mm -hmm. those guys are are more falling back to LeBron and AD and and Mello and Russ and, you know, all the veterans last season. So I think having a guy like Pat who uh, I believe is the second oldest guy uh, on the roster behind LeBron um like, he he's a culture setter. We we saw it with the Clippers. We saw it in Minnesota last year. Uh, I think he was a huge part of Minnesota's turnaround and, and why they made the, the playoffs. Um, I think he's just someone that – and he mentioned it too. Like, it's not just the rah-rah, you know, getting in your face, get, getting you hyped. Like, he's very detail-oriented. And um, he uh, – you know, Pat is, is not one to, to lack confidence. And He said he's a top 10 or 11 basketball mind – uh, in, in the game right now. And, um, uh, you know, I, it's hard to kind of quantify that. And, and, you know, I'm not sure where I would put him in that ranking, but I do think he's much smarter that, than people, you know, give him credit for. And, and even hearing him kind of analyze stuff, like he's like, I know the, the points per possession on, on a pick and roll. And, um, you know, the percentages that this guy shoots from this spot on the floor and this spot, like hmm. he's very into analytics and, and numbers and, and really studying, aside from just the game film, kind of taking it deeper of what is the best way to guard this person in each scenario. And like, I don't, I don't think people really think of him that way, but I I do think he is a floor general in that sense, especially on the defensive end. So I think he's someone that is going to come in, be very detail oriented. We've already seen him interact with the guys and um, you know, he's always going to have that fiery energy and kind of getting everybody hyped. But I think beyond that, He is someone who's really smart and who who does have good ideas and especially on the defensive end, I think can quarterback things out there. And that was something that they didn't really have, especially at the guard spot last year. So I think it's a huge addition. I I think that there's a chance that he ends up being their third most important player this season, just with his skill set and what he can do. Um, So I'm I'm a big fan of the Pat Bev move. I really think it it helps raise the, the Lakers ceiling as well as their floor. And I think he's someone that, you know, we'll see if he ends up starting or not. But I bet he's going to be closing a bunch of games for them.
1: Uh, Final one for you, Yovan. I appreciate you uh, taking the time as always. Um, Is there a player you're looking at this Lakers roster that we're not talking uh, as much about that by the time the season starts will have a role that continues to grow and Again, maybe it's an off-season acquisition. Maybe it's somebody coming in from last year. Does the player stick out to you that you think will have a big role this year that is not one of the main names?
2: Yeah, well, I'm looking on the wings and just that, that wing competition. Of you know, One thing I asked Rob Palenka and, and Darvin Hamm today was their confidence in their wing defense because I do think if you look at this roster, it is a lot of small guards. And it's a lot of bigs. And the the kind of gap on the roster are are players in that 6'6 to 6'9 range. And as we know, most of the best teams in the NBA have multiple of those types of guys. You look at the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. You look at Boston, Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum. You look at Golden State, Clay and Andrew Wiggins and and so on. Like, you know, the elite teams are are starting guys that are are huge in the backcourt whereas the Lakers might be starting a couple guys 6'1", 6'2". So just kind of, you know, asking them, who do you see defensively? And the two names they brought up were, were Troy Brown uh, Jr. and Juan Toscano Anderson. I think both of those guys are, are kind of being slept on with, with their potential roles with the Lakers. And then the other guy is Austin Reeves for me, where um, you know, he fits so well, uh, you know, led the team in plus-minus uh, last year uh, alongside w- with uh, Malik Monk. I thought he fit really well with LeBron. They kind of had a two-man game chemistry uh, with, with you know both guys being a ball handler and, and a screener. And he's someone that you know shot really well for, from three in college. So if he can get back to his previous shooting levels, I, I think he's someone who can give the Lakers a big boost. But one of those three guys, I, I think, has to break out and, and establish themselves as a really key part of the rotation, if not a starter, uh, just because I, I think the Lakers are going to need those guys and that, you know, those guys are a little bit smaller, six five, six six. But like, at least one of those guys is going to be needed to defend the Kawhis and the Tatum's and the Georges. And you know, especially the Lakers are looking to limit the workload of LeBron and AD. Like we've seen LeBron do it before. We've seen even AD slide down and, and guard a Tatum, guard a Kawhi. But you don't want to do that for you know for for AD for thirty, thirty two, thirty four minutes in December, right? Like you want to save that for the playoffs if he's going to do that. So who are the guys that can handle that workload? Pat can do it, but he is, at the end of the day, he's only six foot one. There's a limitation there just size-wise. Like I want to see JTA or, or Troy Brown or Austin Reeves kind of get that crack at it and see what they can do. So I'm looking for who can be the wing stopper out of that group of, of guys in their you know early to mid-20s. And I think one of those guys could be a really crucial piece if not a couple of them.
1: Yovan, great stuff, buddy. Thank you for uh, taking the time. I'm sure you and I are going to connect real soon, just a week away from uh, preseason starting. Thank you, buddy.
2: Yes, sir, man. Talk to you
0: soon.
1: All right, that is uh, Yovan Buha, The Athletic. Final thoughts coming up next. day right here at Lakers Talk, 710 ESPN.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better.
1: All right, great stuff as always from uh, Mario Ruiz there with uh, fantastic opens. Jovan Buha, the Athletic. Um, l- listen, we're all on the same page. This is going to be the conversation probably a lot tomorrow. The conversation around the Lakers. Uh, I-, I thought the like I said the the Palenka quotes to me were most interesting that we had on the day. Uh, Palenka, you know, obviously talking about the long term commitment from LeBron James and that. Uh, if it comes down to dealing a couple picks for the Lakers to, you know, continue to compete, he's not hesitant to do it. But it's just got to make sense and how much value he puts on those picks, as he should. Uh, you know, I, I think it's so easy. I think from a fan perspective, um, to look at and say, oh well, it's just a draft pick. That's in 27, 2027, 2029. What what I've always tried to emphasize is the the franchise has gone all in. Every year since LeBron got here, every year LeBron's got here, whatever it takes, say we want to compete for a championship. This is our window. We got LeBron James. We got Anthony Davis. And by by continuing year in and year out, um, you know, obviously making that commitment and it, it not to say that everything always works out because it hasn't. Last season's acquisition of Russ clearly did not work out. Um, and if there was another trade to be had, I'm sure they, they wish they could go back and change it, but that comes with taking chances, taking risks and making trades and everything else. But the one thing I will give Rob Polenka credit for is he's kind of made it clear. And I think his actions have spoke. I'm not going to just make a trade to make it just so that Laker fans are happy and excited that we made a trade and we get a couple of role players that come back And we're still not able to compete for an NBA championship. And oh, by the way, and then those picks are gone. You know, those picks, if you look at the future of the Lakers, very strong chance that by the time you are in 2027 or 2029, that the Lakers will not be competing. That it's going to be a completely different regime. And I'm talking about LeBron and Anthony Davis. We'll see what happens by then. It's obviously still um, a few years uh, away or five years away, whatever the case is, five and seven years away. But that's part of his job to make sure The other part of it that I really like that I take away is guys who play the hardest will get the minutes. That's a quote coming from Rob Polenka. You know, you should not be guaranteed minutes just because you're making X amount of dollars. And I think Darvin Ham has all the ability this year to not have to worry about the franchise looking over his shoulder or, hey, make sure you play rush, make sure this, make sure that. I don't think he's got to worry about any of that stuff. And it's going to come down to results. And if the Lakers, if we're sitting here – uh, by the time we get to the first of the year and they're struggling, it's a completely different conversation, but the competition part of it is, I think, what's most important. Um, I right, like fans, that's all we got. Go to ESPN LA. Go to the app. That's where the Lakers Talk um, uh, channel is, and you can listen to the entire show. Thank you to Laura Romo, Michael Funches, and Mario Ruiz, LA. Have a great rest of your night.